So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody. To this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection, I'm Rico Shields, and right over here once again is Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane? I'm having an interesting week. How are you, Rick? I'm I'm really quite good, destitute but quite good. No, hardly, <laughs> hardly. But you know, I'm, I'm I'm actually sitting here still working on something else that I probably shouldn't be doing because I'm on the air, but I'm writing uh, emails to. All of my uh, alumni friends, who I probably, most of them haven't spoken to since I left school. Um, but, you know, hi, haven't talked to you in, you know, 30 years, but hey, you want to support this movie thing I'm doing? Seems natural well, you know, to me, right? I, I, I've come to the conclusion that at some point in your life, you just have to say, screw it. Um, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes we raise attention to issues that other people have perhaps not considered simply because it hasn't come into their line of sight. And I think that doing the work that we do, we have to kind of put our whole are we good enough issue aside, is this work valid issue aside, and just say screw it and and run with it. So I think what you're doing is awesome. I think it's brave as hell. Um, and, <laughs> and it, you know, miracles happen because, not because you were afraid to take the chance, but because you believed in something. And speaking of something, I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> okay, good. And I'll be right over here. All right. Uh, so... Uh, while she's taking a phone call, her her uh, family is off to Montreal to pick up the dog that they all went to go meet on Tuesday. Uh, the dog is now going to be ready. Molly, big. We're going to call it Big Molly, I guess, um, as uh, named by uh, Inez, because I have Molly, but my Molly's little Molly. Um, so it might be them on the phone. But but while they're there, I'll just mention this movie thing that I was talking about that I'm sending all these emails. If, if any of my alumni buddies are listening, like Mary and Perry and Poppy and Mark and Marion, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just sending this stuff because I'm sending it, like I said in the email, to everyone I know on the planet, everybody that I've ever even, you know, crossed paths with, hardly. Because I I am a believer in me. And it doesn't bother me that, you know, I had the career that I had and some of my friends have had different careers. Who cares? Um, 
I don't know what's really going on in their life. You know, they could be having ulcers and divorces and things. I don't know. But but I, it, it it's it's less about that belief that I have in myself, which is getting larger every day, than it is my belief in the idea of this film. Um, it is time that environmental type films, sustainability type films, did stop doing two things. Um, one, why would a film about how we're going to live in in uh, harmony with nature? Why would it show you a bunch of films of garbage heaps and plastic in the ocean and generally the people are in the audience of that film because they know there's a problem they're looking for is there a solution so that's in part our you know subtitle change makers the revolution solution it's great together in 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 parks in new york city and say we need to have a revolution this is not working that's good you got to recognize the problem before you can do anything about it but once you do let's get the focus off the problem that just makes more problem or makes more anger or starts some fighting against which brings me to my second point, which is it is not going to be a solution if we have to fight against, arrest, confine, uh, disable, or otherwise our fellow humans, which would be everybody that works at all these corporations. And if you take all the people out there, anything left. It's just all humans, folks. Um are there some humans that are maybe misled or have beliefs that don't agree with yours? Sure. Then they're all over the place. Not just in corporations, you know. Um there's no more them and us. It's all just we. And um so I can't see really making the difference that that we hope to make and that uh, that many of you that are supporters of sustainability hope to make as long as we're making ourselves enemies of people and things like that. That's silly. We don't do enemy very well, uh, I hope. Speak for yourself. Well, we'll, we'll get back on uh, <laughs> enemy thing here in a minute. I'm talking about our movie. Uh, yes. And... Uh, and so those are the two things that I really would like to see all of the sustainability films do is cut all their footage. Okay, I'll give you 120 seconds. That's it. Uh, plus maybe in the opening, you know, setup, just, you know, for good storytelling. But that's it. No, no more pictures of garbage heaps and plastic and tires and forest fire. No more focus on the problem. And number two... No more creating enemies out of the corporations, the GMO scientists, or anybody else. As many of those GMO scientists think they are doing the right thing for the planet, that's why they're doing it. So it's we can't just make an enemy out of them, folks. We're not going to lock them up. The aliens aren't going to come and confine them. It's That's not how that works. Drop the us and them. Let's all get on we. And yes, okay, if those guys won't agree with you, that's fine. And if we need to fight regulations or fight if we need to try to establish regulations to prevent them from doing what they're doing that that's a different story but let's think, look at what works i think and i apologize for yeah, that oh, very in. interesting start um to my evening i have to point out that we have a new family member coming to the house tonight and um i've had to keep my cell phone on until two seconds ago just so that we could make sure we connected with the owner of said family member 
Um, however, the situation is resolved. And I think what it boils down to at the end of the day is if you really want to fight to change policy, and let's put the word fight in again, because some people feel that that, they, that, that describes the energy of the space, space that they need to be in in order to initiate change. But I think when it comes down to fighting, um, fighting the status quo, that it's about opening up a conversation about how to improve upon the current policies. So it's not about accusing people of not being interested in making improvements. I think it's about opening up the conversation and approaching them with an open-minded attitude of, you know, times are changing. Can we not revisit our current understanding of what we accept to be a reality. And I think that's where we need to take this. And I think that runs right across the board from sustainable housing to sustainable food services to sustainable publishing to, you know, I mean, sustainable education, all of it. We have to open up the conversation and we have to do it in a very positive way. Like Rick was saying, it's it's not about saying you're the enemy, you don't get what I'm saying, you don't understand, you can't possibly understand, and therefore you're not going to be of assistance in my cause. I think it's about, you know, putting out your point of view and laying it down for people and offering them the opportunity to pick it up. Absolutely. And and you just take the people that go with you and want to work on this positive stuff and you don't worry about the people that don't want to. You know, Absolutely. you're a little kid and you're going to play Cowboys and Indians and your one friend up the block doesn't want to play that. They want to play Army or they want to play Barbies, whatever. You're The the four or five of you kids that are going to go play Cowboys and Indians would just be like, okay, cool, see you later. You know, I mean, it wasn't like it was a big deal. Why is it such a big deal now? They don't want to come play. Well, okay, that's all right. I think it's a big deal because we've we've been told for so long that these people are enemies, that these people are um, difficult to work with, that they are not interested in in improving our world. And I think that it's up to us. We we talk so often about educating yourself independently as opposed to taking and accepting what mainstream media will feed to you. But that boils down to the the movements for change as well. Do not just blithely take what these people feed to you as a reality. Um, why would you wage war on anything if you could enlist the cooperation of interested parties instead? You know, which is an interesting concept for somebody like me who who enjoys waging war because war can be fun. Um, but, <laughs> but I I honestly think that if you approach it with a more positive attitude and an invitation to help you initiate change, as opposed to an accusation that they refuse to acknowledge the need for change, then you will probably get further than if you just outright say this person's never gonna never gonna change their attitude. Um Yeah, what did my grandmother and great grandmother and great great grandmother say? Something about attracting more flies with honey. Yeah, you too, right? 
my mom's favorite saying, you always attract more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. And um, it's an absolute truth. I think that if you approach people with the assumption that they're caring, intelligent beings, then they will act as caring, intelligent beings. And, and And my... My own experience this week, given my current situation, has been that I have actually gotten response more a more positive response from those I approached you know under under that assumption that you know this is an issue that needs to be addressed. you should care about it let's talk about it. Can we have a conversation about this? Um, as opposed to an accusation, and I've gotten a par- very positive response in the last 24 hours. So, I mean, that's just it. Just goes. Jean, Jean and I aren't perfect. We would love to. God, no, no, no. We would love to chat not. about it. There, there. Often, when there's things that seem like opposition, there's things that are just misunderstood between the two. And and I'll speak to these corporate executives if I can have a moment. My father was a corporate executive. He was chairman of the board and chief executive officer, and he was president and CEO before that. So he was CEO for, I don't know, more than a dozen years. And I remember times, there was one time a farmer was so upset that he found dad's phone number and didn't just call him. He called him at like 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, dad got up out of bed, took notes, went in the office the next morning called the appropriate people and said, what is going on? We've torn up this man's fence. And he found out that someone did tear up his fence. He didn't order anybody to be fired from the executive office out to the field office. He just said, go fix it today. And had he found out that this was somebody that just had a bone to pick, he would have let it be. But he is a very caring, very principled, very ethical fellow. Now, he does believe differently than I do about a number of things. Well, so I'm I'm his kid. So, I, you know, as a total stranger, I'm sure that you all have some different beliefs. I don't mean you, Gene. I mean people listening. But he is not. I'm not saying there may not be some executives somewhere that are just monsters out to screw everybody. But it's generally not the case. And it's certainly not the case with all of them. You know, are all you Canadians, you know, beer swilling, fur hat wearing? You got a fur hat? You wear fur hat and red plaid shirt all the time? I've seen you. you no, but I look skirt. damn sexy in a plaid shirt. I uh, would imagine you do, but. I, I value exactly the point you're making. Sam um, is chiming in from the other side of the ocean that otherwise you will put them on the defensive. And I think that's exactly it. I think that if we make assumptions, um, if, we, if we stand, if we stand in a place of judgment with regards to others, pe- other people's judgment, I think that that's exactly the problem that we create is that we do put them on the defensive. We say to them, you're judging me. And um, by doing so, we make an assumption that they are not able, willing, and capable of adapting their perception. And I think that that in and of itself is an unfair assumption to make. 
I think that the the opportunity for growth and expansion only takes place when there is open and honest communication. Um, and and you Sounds know, right to me. we we stand in our place of don't judge me, and we become defensive with regards to this judgment issue. But in accusing somebody of judging, we also are judging, and we have to keep that in mind. So why is it so scary for us to attack, quote, unquote, to use the word that goes with war, an issue uh, in, in an open and honest way and to initiate conversation that will result in a solution to our current problems and challenges as opposed to saying nah that person would never understand i don't think it i don't think it's fair i mean that somebody wouldn't understand if i opened my apartment door and there stood someone with their armor polished and their sword drawn and their shield uh, raised, I'd probably be looking for my gun. But that's because that's the way they came to the door. You know? Even if they're there with their armor polished, at least if the sword's put away. But if, you know, the sword's drawn. Listen, you scallywag who have done wrong to mankind. Okay, they're looking for their gun. They're not listening to you. You know? Or they're ducking under something or they're... In any event, they're not listening to you. You wouldn't be. You just wouldn't. You know. Scallywag. It's not like that. And, and you know, I'm not saying you go stroke their head. In, in many cases, you just ignore them. Okay, but let's discuss that as well. And I think it's time that we actually... Um bring up the subject in question um that you know we're not, we're not just talking about the film but the topic that has come to light this week is also interestingly enough in alignment with the film and with the work that we're doing many people know that I'm an author um and I've been blessed and honored to be supported by a publishing company in the United States called Grave Distraction Publications, who has taken me on as uh, a traditional author. However, they are a self-publishing company, or should I say they are a publishing company who offers a self-publishing venue. And they also um, use a print-on-demand business model. And their reasons for doing so are because they believe very strongly in the environmental implications of thousands of books sitting on shelves um, just because, you know, the promotions and marketing part of the organization believe that those books will be sold. Now, my reasons for remaining with this company are not just because they have been ridiculously supportive of my work, um, but are also because of their business model. Because my interest in environmental issues is always at the forefront of everything I do. It's not my because you're you're scared they'll print a bunch of books and they won't sell? No. No, it no. has nothing to do with that. Um, it has everything to Yay. do with the fact that I 
morally and ethically as a spiritual author who works with socially conscious issues cannot bring myself to approach a multi-million dollar publishing company who will take my books and put them on shelves, sit them in stores, because the content of my novels addresses environmental issues. So it would be out of alignment for me doing the work that I do to approach a non-sustainable publishing company. However, one of the problems that I have um, encountered in the last, I've been doing this, what, three and a half, almost four years, um, that I've encountered is that I am not eligible for many major awards for my work. I am not eligible for grants. I am not eligible for private grant assistance or for government grant assistance in Canada because the publishing company that I have chosen and I have to I have to reiterate that fact that I have consciously chosen to remain with this company okay because of their moral moral and ethical views with regards to publishing and their treatment of their authors I have chosen to remain with these people and I have much appreciation for what they do but because of my choice, I am not eligible for all the perks that major authors with major publishing companies would have with regards to um, with regards to support for my work as an author. In fact, I applied this week for a grant. I'm not going to mention the organization's name, but I applied this week for an emergency grant for writers. Um, the qualifications were that I had to be a Canadian author. I had to have two publications through a, a professionally professional publishing company, um, and that I had to have a project on the go that was in danger of failing because of... Um, you know, I, it, financial difficulties. As far as I was aware, I fit all of those qualifications. Uh, my publisher, I am published through my publisher as a traditionally published author, not as a self-published author. Uh, you know, in, in conversation with them, I have submitted my manuscripts and they have picked me up. Uh, however, the organization that I applied to made the distinction that because they have opted to utilize a print-on-demand business model, that they are not considered to be a professional publishing company, which makes me ineligible for assistance through this particular organization. Now, this and, and was now the listen, first... there, are, there are decorative publishing houses that aren't really publishing houses. You know, they'll... They're custom book companies. You know, you want ten copies of your book. You want to see your name in print. Yeah, okay, that's different than Grave Distractions is, and many other print-on-demand publishers. Grave Distractions carries with them a reputation um, for publishing some very well-known authors in the United States who have previously been published by some very big-name publishing companies, but who have opted to go with Grave Distractions because of their particular business model and because of their attention to the needs of 
the author. And I think that that's very important for people to recognize. Um, and, and my concern with this is that, uh, that we need to reevaluate our opinion of what professional publishing is. We live in an era where sustainable publishing means that we have to shift over to these companies who are offering print-on-demand options, not because they're just willing to publish any book that comes along, but because they are unwilling to print thousands of copies that will sit on shelves in the hopes that they will be sold. This is the issue that I brought and up. I feel certain. I'm sorry. That's okay. Carry on. Well, well I was just going to add, I feel certain that even Grave Distractions, if they, if they knew that they had X pre-orders for the book, they would print that many. It's what they do. They want to sell books. Uh, they just Absolutely. don't want to not sell books. It's like the professional publishers want to not sell books. They're going to print enough books that they don't sell them all. I also have to point out that Grave Distractions has um, their own set of morals and ethics. They don't publish crap. They will not accept manuscripts that are not beneficial to society. And this was the other issue that came up with regards to the grant that I was applying for, that they never took into consideration for one moment the merit or the worth of the actual work that I was applying for the grant to complete. All they took into consideration was the the size of the publishing company that represented my work in the past. And I think that that's also something that we need to revisit. And 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 you followed their guidelines and put together a a big package. You had to find people to drive you to the bank and you had to find people to take you over here to put together this big package of information to mail to them, right? Right. And they didn't have time to get that. They replied to my email the day after I sent it um, and I mailed the actual grant application the same day that I sent the email, which means that there's no way that the actual grant application ever arrived in their their in mailbox. They You're applied just like dismissed out of hand. The, I was dismissed completely out of hand um, because of the publishing company that represents my work, and I am embarrassed for not. For the company that represents my work, I am proud to be represented by Grave Distractions Publications. I am proud to be published by Grave Distractions Publications. I will continue to be published by Grave Distractions Publications. I am embarrassed, however, to say that I am a Canadian and that this is a major Canadian Writers Foundation. That's that's what I'm embarrassed by. I'm embarrassed that my own country has not taken the time to make the advances that are necessary with regards to publishing industry. Uh, the United States, if I was a United States writer, if I was a U.S. writer, I would have a grant already. 
And I'd like to point that out for all the derogatory comments that are made about the advancements that the states have not made. With regards to the publishing industry, the United States has actually opened their eyes. And a lot of the organizations out there that represent the United States and are available for writers from the United States are supporting independent authors and artists. And I want to point that out. However, Canadians have not stepped up to the plate. And that, for me, is a massive embarrassment. As a Canadian who is proud of my country, who is, um, you know, sincerely in love with the land in which I live, and I, I mean that with the utmost respect for the land in which I live because our, our diversity is something to be super, super proud of and to embrace. Yeah, you all have a I lot of good things. I'm embarrassed to think that our governmental organizations that support the arts have not stepped up to the plate with regards to environmental issues surrounding publications. And I, you know, I am hoping that we can change that. I am hoping that we can address it. I am hoping that we can bring it into the public domain and open up a conversation and that we can alter that energy around sustainable publishing because I think that print-on-demand publishing is the wave of the future. I think that it is, you know, e-book publishing is certainly the wave of the future and I think that we need to recognize that. I think we need to recognize the fact that authors who are published through print-on-demand publications and through e-book publications are professional writers. I think that people need to be judged on the merit of their work, not on the size of their publishing company. It's this is like the old catch twenty twos. You know, you got to be a member of the union to get a job, but you got to have a job to be a member of the union. Well, how do you do that? Well, I actually did that one summer for a summer job, and and much gratitude to the family that that uh, brought me into their business for the summer so that I could make some money while I was going to college. I, I have nothing against them, but I, I made five trips across Houston. You know, I had to go to the union and ask them, would they let me in if I had a job? And they said yes and gave me a letter that said yes. So then I went over to the back over to the place I had just been making an application, and they gave me a letter that said, yes, indeed, we'll hire him as soon as he can show us his union card. So I drove back out to the union house and they looked at that letter and they said, okay, we're going to give you a provisional union card, but as soon as you get hired, you need to come back so we can give you your your permanent thing. So I drove back over to the company and they hired me and they gave me my stuff and they gave me this letter, so-and-so works here. And I went back to the union and then they gave me a permanent union card. It's absolutely insane. Um, I remember doing a, a brief story on that a couple of years ago with um, some union workers in Toronto um, the Framers Union, actually, of Toronto, that were bringing up the issue of immigrants who did not have a green card. Uh, I don't know if you call it a green card in Canada, but who did not have the proper paperwork. But yet, if you were willing to pay the union fees and bounce back in between the government or the the company and and the union bosses, um, that eventually you would be covered by the union and that you would get a job, and yet you you still wouldn't have to claim your wages. Uh, the system is absolutely insane, and and it's not just the publishing houses. 
it's not just the unions. I mean, it's the entire societal structure, and this is what we need to address. Well, we, we all just not need to take a question, you know, questioning look at everything yeah. that's going on. We really do. We're not operating in a sustainable way. And I think that we could sit and we could say, okay, you know, you have to focus on the beauty and the light and the love and all of that stuff, and you have to focus on what's working in the world, but you also have to be aware of what's not working so that you can create a structure that does work to replace the systems that do not work. And I think that if you approach, like I have done in the last 24 hours, I've written, I've written, written oh my goodness, my English is a <laughs> horrible. Um, I've written several letters. One of the letters was to um, the person who was a step up above the, the gentleman who dismissed my application, and I wrote him a letter with regards to my concerns. Um, and I have to, I have to say that he did take the time to review my concerns. He did take the time to address them. He did take the time to write me back. And because of that. I have managed to open up a conversation with him and to encourage him to address his board to reevaluate their definition of what is a professional publishing house. And I think that that's all it takes. I mean, we can we can sit in the energy of it's not right rawr, for days or we can take the initiative and we can take some time to usa I know Rick loves when I use that word, but we can take some time to just take a breath and look at what we would like to see come out of it and then approach it from that angle. And that's what I've decided to do. I've launched an online petition. I've spoken to a few self-publishing houses. I've approached other self-publishing and print-on-demand publishing houses. I've approached some of the grants organizations, um, in, including the Canadian Council for the Arts, who sent me back a, a lovely letter explaining that they will be looking into the issue. Um, all I want to do is open up this conversation. I want to bring it to people's attention so that in the future we can reevaluate, you know, well, what's to look important at, to what as far as publishing. Look at what's really happening around them as well. You've got... Yeah. Uh, an article in the New York Times today about the fact that Penguin Books spent hundreds of millions of dollars to get a hold of a self-publishing company because they want those authors. They said, will all of them get a contract? No, but there's some great authors here and we need them. So even Penguin Books is acknowledging that the authors of today and tomorrow are at the self-publishing houses. That's where they are. And so... And and I would like to see everybody, everybody that makes books to shift to a print-on-demand or a small-run uh, printing model because, well, it's just, it can be done. You can fulfill the orders. You can print the books fast enough. Mm-hmm. So why warehouse them? That was what warehousing was supposed to be about was... Because you couldn't get stuff there. Well, we can now. Absolutely, and I think that I think that people need to recognize that authors are interested in this issue. Um, I, I 
of course, wrote letters to several of the people that we work with and that we have had, you know, we've had the honor to bring on the show. Um, one of them, um, Kathleen O'Keefe, Canavis, um, she's the Cancerland, surviving Cancerland lady who I have so much respect for just in the work that she does surrounding um, inspiring and uplifting people who are suffering from cancer because of her own journey she's her and her willingness to share that. She actually took time, and this is a very busy woman, I'd like to point that out, a very busy woman, who took time out of her day to point out to me that there is an award um, organization out there called the Nautilus Book Awards that recognizes and rewards um, world-changing books. Um, now, they have awarded people like Deepak Chopra and the Dalai Lama in the past, but they do not differentiate between big-name publishing houses and self-published authors. Their awards are based solely on the merit of the content of the books that are submitted. And so I want to give a shout-out to the Nautilus Book Awards for their progressive methodology, methodology in awarding and acknowledging authors in today's energy. And we're not um, saying that, that this model that this foundation is is following was not perhaps once valid. You know, absolutely. but there's a lot of things that are valid, valid in my life 20 years ago that are not valid today. It just... It, um, um, it, it was valid. It absolutely was valid in that, you know, old Because even when I was a kid, there were custom places that would make you 10 books. It was real expensive, but, you know, you could say, I have a book. And they knew that was baloney. Um, But not only are so many of the writers of tomorrow at the self-publishing houses, but what were some of the people that uh, your publisher was pointing out that have come by choice to grave distractions. Well, I'm I'm Your not sure. Professors and uh, um, I don't mean names. Yeah, I'm talking there, more like university um, professors, award-winning people, writers, uh, that have gen- award-winning writers, left the publishing house hold, there. People who have hold doctorate degrees are very highly respected authors in their fields and in their genre who have been published by big-name publishing houses, but who have chosen, chosen to come to Grave Distractions because of Grave Distractions' ability to cater to the independent needs of the author and because Grave Distraction honors the author's interaction and encourages continued involvement with the publishing process. These authors have chosen, therefore, to go with great distractions. And I think that that speaks of volumes for the professionalism that Brian Kennard and his team offer. And I think that this, I think this more than anything else is what insulted me most. It's not so much about whether or not I'm eligible for this award. It's the fact that this man who dismissed my application out of hand pointedly disregarded the validity of both myself as a professional writer 
and of my very carefully chosen publishing house as a professional publishing organization. And I think that that is the issue at hand, and I think that's the issue that we need to revisit. Um, The money will come from somewhere else. I'm not worried at this point about that. I am, however, worried and concerned for the future of publishing. If we cannot recognize the importance of print-on-demand publishing in the 21st century, when we, on such a massive scale, are seeking eco-sustainable solutions for our environmental issues. It shouldn't even be in question that print-on-demand publishing is the answer. And it's time that organizations recognize it. Amen. All right, so it's just about break time. A little past break time, somewhere in there. We're right in the neighborhood. (laughs) And uh, then we have a caller. And I would that's just, awesome. in light of everything that's, you know, we're talking about that, uh, that callers, et cetera, uh, I know that Gene's been careful about not just throwing out names. So uh, if you've got a story to tell, it's a publishing house. You, there's no need to name people. We don't Absolutely. want to slander anyone or make enemies this out is, of anyone. This is not an attempt to... Um, to embarrass other organizations. This is an attempt to open up a conversation with regards to this issue. And uh, so I would encourage people to be respectful in their approach. Yes, that's all. So we're going to have a quick break. And um, you have a really funky song like the one that I heard like on the last show that I wasn't here for. Aquarius? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought we'd do that. Awesome. So, um, and then we'll come back and have a chat with uh, Jason. Yeah, I know it's you. <laughs> He's like, it's me. I'm... Yes, and we have a caller on the line. Yes, it's you. Yeah. We'll get a chance to talk to Sam as well from the UK. Cause oh, I'd you be never know. Yeah. There is insight is, as far as independent authors. Absolutely. Um, All right, so let's salute the age of Aquarius, and um, uh, which we hope brings with it new standards for writer's grants. And uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point that set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
I love that song. Isn't that cool? And I always have to put the link up for folks or spell it out because it's uh, that artist, our newest uh, musical family member here at EC is. Her name is Jolene, but it's J-O-E-L-E-E-N. I had trouble finding her right at first because I kept leaving the E out. There's three E's in this version. Absolutely uh, fabulous. And it should be Joy Lean world as in the world leans on joy <laughs> ah, there you go um I say the way i remember it now is joe's leaning on something but yeah yeah that's it there you go that's absolutely fabulous version of that song it is um you know i i just love her and i'm so glad that she approached us i'm so glad that she shared our music with us and i'm so grateful for the opportunity to be able to play that particular song on our show, that to me is absolutely awesome. I have loved that song from uh, the first time I heard it, years and years. I think I was a little kid when I first heard that song. Um, and, and you know, it, it's it been a long time coming for us to be able to play that on our show, but it is in perfect alignment with everything that we speak about. And I'm not going to say it's my new favorite because their song is always going to be um, the song <laughs> due to my respect yeah. for the planet. And But um, this is a very close second, and I absolutely love this woman. I have her entire CD on my computer, and I encourage people to certainly visit her website, and I can't wait to get her on the show to talk to her because she just, she just rocks. She rocks. She's awesomeness. Yes. Very cool. I'm looking back now at where I put the link in, and it doesn't look right. Something doesn't look right about that. Let's try okay, that well, do you have okay. a guest that I can talk to while you're figuring it out? It's in there right now. I don't know what happened. It looks right. really goofy up there. Okay. So now, should we address we the little guest issue before we, we bring, um, we bring our caller on? It's too, it's late, too late, but I can put him back on the couch. I can just hit mute, see, and now he's all, he can't do anything about it, see. I can even do that okay. right in the middle of somebody's sentence. It's really cool. Well, uh, it's okay. We'll just quickly explain that um, apparently in India they are having rolling blackouts. In Nepal. In Nepal. Yes. Due to the government-mandated government rolling blackouts, like the kind you blackout. can't do nothing about. So it is more than possible that this, our second guest from Nepal, was not able to join us at the appropriate hour due to the fact that the government has initiated these rolling blackouts. So, and 5.45 um, a.m. is, they're thinking people are sleeping, so they turn their juice off. But. Absolutely. We would, however, encourage you in this case to visit the link um that we will provide on um, tonight's show so that you can get to know Santosh and Peace for People and the work that he is doing because we believe in it. We stand behind it. Uh, it's unfortunate that we he wasn't able to make it this evening, and we will try to get him back on. Um, but we would encourage you to, to visit that because he is doing some incredible work. So Yes, yes. I just want to throw that out there for people. Um, this is not a case of our guest just not showing up because uh, he doesn't care. This is a case of our guest, I think, not able 
to get online uh, at the same time that we offer the show live. So. Yeah, and and we uh, we've done some time shifting things before, but they just don't work out well, and and it leaves our whole family not able to ask questions in the Absolutely. chat room. So. Absolutely, and we anyway. like it when our, our our listeners can interact with the show. So, but do check out Peace for People in Nepal that this mm-hmm. young man has started. He's doing important and uh, valuable work over there. He absolutely is. He absolutely is. Um, one of the things that they they have been doing is um, not only um, inspiring youth, but inspiring uh, women as well to stand on their truth and to step into their power. So I applaud him wholeheartedly for those efforts. And uh, I, I hope that our listeners would would drop by and encourage him. Find him on Facebook. Peace there on. you go. And so we have with us, again, uh, from celestial fields, I, I mean celestial wands, <laughs> Jason, Jason Anderson. Jason. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Oh. <clears throat> and we tease you. Is the call about. quality clear to my phone? Yeah, you sound fine. Sounds great, okay. Absolutely. What up? You do, before we even get started into whatever the hell you want to talk about, I just want to point out that you do some really beautiful work. Um, Jason just did a piece for me, um, for little of me, because I, I, I'm not special or anything. Um, it, it's an absolutely stunning piece of jewelry, and I can't wait to get it in my greedy little hands. But <laughs> he does good work, and you do good work. And I just want you to hear that from me personally, because I don't think that emails and Facebook messages are enough to get across my enthusiasm for um, your artistic ability. Thank you very much. I I love it no matter where it comes from because I feel the energy, you know. It's good to hear it no matter where the source is. Absolutely. Some some beautiful work. And mm-hmm. uh, Jason's actually going to join us next month for a whole show. Um, so we don't have to... We can talk about anything you want to, Jason, but this this work you do is just amazing and and very intuitive. You know, he'll put up pictures on there. Here's my first blah, 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 and I'm looking at it going, God, that's awesome. You know, and that's rarely the case with my first anything. Um, and, uh, well, my first radio show, I sounded just like I sound now. I'm a little more bitter, I think, but... Um, We've ranted a lot on that first show. Oh yeah, and we did coffee with sores, and we we've come a long way, baby. We have. Uh, There's a lot of ranting, a lot of pedestaling. <laughs> I'm so going to get up on my and, pedestal, right? Yeah. And I'm going to dictate to you the way things should be, according uh, to me. We have come a long way. We absolutely yeah, have. We absolutely have. And um, I and that. Sorry. And, and still going. So what's up? Um, I'd like to branch off what you said because that was a good point with everything being, like, intuitive because I believe that that isn't just – I don't think that has to do with the person. I think that has to do with my entire generation and, like, the bordering generations. 
I notice a lot of the stuff that anyone does. If you really look at it, you know, not through, oh, that's neat, that's cool, but I'm doing my own thing, and you really look into detail of what they do, it, it all has a purpose. There's always something about it that really, you know, that really makes things happen. There's progression. That's true. And it amazes me how your generation has been able to hold on to their passion through the education system. And, and I don't want yeah. to bash the education system of today. Albert Einstein said the same thing, that he was shocked that anyone's imagination survived formal education. So, I mean, it's been the case <laughs> for a long time. It's not, you know, it's not the new math. It's not the new not math. And consider the fact that we are the result of formal education, you especially. Um, so some good things have come out of it. Go ahead. You were saying Me? something there, Jason? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think that it's just the school system either. It has to do with the fact that parents are forced now to accept what the school system and the government wants them to do. Like, you can't, you don't have any control of your child's life anymore because if you say, I don't, you know, I want to take my child out of school for a week or whatever for any reason, you know, then you have all these people coming in and saying, oh, you know, this isn't a good reason, or we need to analyze you, how you take care of your child now because we don't believe that you're a fit parent. You can't do anything on your own unless the state approves of it, you know? And, and here in Texas, I don't know how it is everywhere because it's a state issue, I, I believe, but here in Texas, if you want to homeschool your child, you can only do so if you follow a state-approved uh, syllabus. So you can't really just wow. homeschool your child what you want to homeschool your child. Even if you're a licensed mm -hmm. teacher, you still have to basically buy from somebody one of these, or you have to go through the process of getting it approved, which would probably be more expensive than buying one. But you've got to buy a pre-approved from somebody syllabus, which generally means now your kid has to pass a test from that somebody. And it's, wow, freedom ringing everywhere, isn't it? Okay, I didn't say that. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, I'm just going to give our listeners a quick head up. The new member of our family has arrived in the household, which means that the old member of our family is probably going to make a very loud welcome type barking sound in the next couple minutes. That would be um, cool. So, you know, just so that you're aware. <laughs> new, new puppy for the house. Yay. New puppy Molly. for the house. Um, the Chihuahua is going to freak out in a second. So be aware that there might be some background noise, guys. Now, the neurotic chihuahua might amaze everyone and just sit there and go, really? I seriously doubt it, but we'll hope that we can embrace that idea. Absolutely. Sure, why not? Um, I have to address what Jason just said as a parent. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, it is very difficult for me to stand up to the institution that is education and to tell them that um, my support for my daughter consists of encouraging her to follow her passion and her vision and her dreams. Um, there are certain expectations within the education system with regards to certain grades. However, I can't justify taking an artistically talented child like my own daughter and immersing her in 
you know, mathematics and sciences, sciences when she really wants to be um, a part of the artistic community. It's very difficult for her to to adhere to the expectations of of the school system and to maintain a positive attitude with regards to those expectations. So I agree with Jason. Uh, it's interesting to hear a young person speak about it from that that end of things. But as a parent, um, I I have to admit that I am disappointed in my attempts to discuss this issue with the school system. Uh, my attempts to you know, make it plain to them that my my love for my daughter really means that I need to encourage her to follow her own passion. Um, but apparently, according to the education system today, that's simply not acceptable. So um, I think that's also another, you know, another system that in time will change if if we all continue to make our desire and our intentions plain and our needs we need, we need to talk about our needs as individuals well and i think if we'll you know come at it from the hey can we talk standpoint more so than the you're screwed up or you're screwing up my kids or any of that kind of attack stuff Nonviolence, peaceful, uh, peaceful insides, kind of like, you know, can be assisted with uh, stones, particularly in certain configurations. <laughs> we probably shouldn't let Jason talk so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, your latest load of cabs has been quite popular with the ladies, it seems. Yeah, it has. I was actually pretty surprised. I mean, it's a very basic design. I mean, there's not much to it, but it seems like, yeah, a lot of people like it, and it looks really, really nice in the end. It's really the final thing that throws it together where, you you know, you turn it into something. It's not just wire wrapping it. There's, like, a style to it, more artsy aspect. Now, what's the 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 cabs that you um, that you offered on your site for people to choose from? Uh, does each cab hold within it uh, individual properties? What do you mean? Individual as far as the stones themselves go, um, individual healing. What do you mean, like an energetic yeah. property? Well, not. I mean, there you know, some of them there's like ten different types of jasper. So generally, they're all going to have traits of jasper. Each of them, it really just depends on what you can find on the internet. But things that are much more like crystalline, you know, like rose quartz and things that are crystal rather than a semi-precious stone, are much more, much higher energetic vibrations for healing or for anything really which is what I'm going to end up working with eventually. But as of right now, like, putting all this money into it, these are one of the, the least expensive options for me to really learn these patterns and get a basis for what I want to do. A lot of the crystals are extremely expensive when it comes to 
the nicer pieces that would actually be put into a pendant. A pendant. Well, and some of these cool pendants might be a way to finance your your more inspired works. Yeah, that's what. So I'm hoping. <laughs> but yeah, I've gotten a lot of good. Uh, feedback. I would like to say, which I I don't even know how this happened, but I checked my the Facebook page for today, and in between the ninth and the fifteenth, my or sorry the eleventh and the seventeenth, I was looking at the wrong one. The amount of people reached within the week jumped to over a thousand, and before that it was at ninety, and that's what kind of where its average was. Excellent. Well, I know Which, how it happened. It happened because you're crazy. talented, young man, you see. And um that it it happens because you produce a product that is both useful and it, it's attractive. So yeah, yes, that's how it happened. You're you're good at what you do. <laughs> Thank you. I'm actually going to start working on a piece. I'm actually, well, I'm going out to the West Coast. For anyone listening who is thinking about, you know, placing an order or a custom order or whatever it is, I'm going to be gone from the 23rd until the 3rd of August. But when I go out there, I'm going to be buying a lot of crystals for custom pieces. Like one that my friend wanted is a celestite, uh, estrophilite, and apophyllite, which is all for astral projection and any out-of-body experience. It has to do with psychic and astral protect, uh, protection. It has to do with enhancing the body's vibrations to make it easier to astral project, and then also be able to remember it consciously. Each of those crystals has those aspects, so it's kind of like a triple. It's very synergistic. So somebody that's looking for something to help in a particular way or or somebody that has a feeling about a particular kind of stone or two stones together and they just don't find that anywhere. That's not only cool, you kind of enjoy it when people, you can talk back and forth with them about it and and sort of create something, co-create something. That's the best part. That, that's what I love about it is it isn't this, you know, piece that I like. It's It's something that is going to help that person do what they want to do. You know, it's it's more than just creating something, it's creating something for someone, for someone's own use. As a mostly wrap-on-demand jeweler, could we, are you a professional? Uh, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, I had to throw that in. Yes, he is. Well, yes, he is. That's my point. Absolutely freaking right, he is Is a professional. If you take that funny logic, it's a good thing to do in life. If you think, if you're curious if something's funny logic... Take it off that subject and apply that same logic to another subject. Is it, you know what? You're right. And I think that that's, um, this is a, a perfect way to showcase that, is that here is this young man. Um, he's uber-talented. Is he trained? Has he gone to school to do this? No, he's followed his passion. Um, he's followed his intuition. He has... He has embraced his natural gifts, and he has run with them, and the result has been so far astounding, and I think that should be our new definition of a professional artist in any genre. If you're good at what you do, you're professional. Well, and is his 
is his heart in there? You can feel it when you look at and hold the pieces, and 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 that's true about books. But you can't you can't do that when you ain't seen the book, or haven't even looked at the reviews of the book. Anyway, I, I didn't mean to hijack your your segment, Jason, because we you know don't want to get all the way back in there. But it it is a good it, it can be a fun tool. You know, see if that piece of logic makes sense in another subject. Because if it's really logic, it would apply. So yeah, um, I go ahead. I'd, uh, I'd like to branch off of what you said, which is that um, it should be graded by well, that well, that, that my heart is into it, and that is goes back to what I wrote on the website, which was that I said we hope that what you buy inspires you to create your own reality and manifest what you want in your life, so that you can do the same for other people. You know, it's not just oh. I'm selling this so that I can buy this other thing. You know what I mean? It has absolutely no monetary value to me. It has to do with what what you're getting out of it. It's not just – it's the same with, with information. I mean, you with going back to authors, you could be an extremely popular author that sells, you know, bestseller in hundreds of countries. But if people are looking at it and they're not doing anything with the information, if they're not feeling it, if there's no progression in it, then, then really there's – what what is being a best-selling author? What is being a great artist if the people themselves who see it don't change their lives or don't, you know, there's no progression, there's no direction. Can I quote you on that, young man? Sure. <laughs> we have, so we have exactly, him on tape, so of course we can. Um, but that's exactly the point. Exactly the point, very eloquently stated and um, much appreciated by me as an independent author, um, that that fact is recognized by somebody who is not. There can still be flight of fancy fiction. We need flight of fancy fiction. flight of fancy fiction should carry you away. It should not just, you know give you a bunch of facts about some sci-fi world that, what? It should, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, we went to the theater theater, which is now a bookstore, I think, but we went to the theater and saw Towering Inferno. And when we came out, I was tired. I was exhausted. Like I had been up there fighting the fire. That is heart communication stuff. Really is. Okay, so we should take a break and uh, so that we can hear from our dear friend Inavi. And uh, then when, uh, when we come back, we'll tell them where they can find Jason and you and me and Changemakers. And because uh, uh, cool stuff happening over at Changemakers, always. And uh, uh, we'll talk about that just a tad. Hang with us if you can, Jason. If your battery holds out, all, all right. that. And yeah, uh, we'll fine. we'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Feel it all, we come from 
started pushing the button to talk early, and of course it went right through. It's when you wait and try to get it just right. That it You're messes. trying to bust me singing, I know. Well, maybe one day. It's hard mm-hmm. to sneak up on you, though. It is very, because I listen, you see. Yeah, yeah. Besides, she knows what I'm doing when we're not talking, so it's, yeah. <laughs> Little sisters, I swear. Yeah. Um, singing is for our guests only, so only the people who are on the call at the time of the song are allowed to hear me sing. So, I'd kind of like to go back uh, a bit for what you said about uh, not having any training. Was, that that seems sort of like something important, and I bet Jason's got something to add to that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, what's on the phone? Thank you. Are you? Am I here? Am I? Yeah. I'm, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Um, how I said that, you know, our generation has, like, this, you know, subconscious intuition, and going back to that within our training is, a lot of this stuff, we don't need that training. Not because we don't need it in general, but because the system that says this, you know, that that uh, decides what this training is, you know what I mean, through this specific system doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for us, and we don't need it especially. I mean, with, with all the healing that I've done, I've never once gone to a Reiki class. I've never learned how to do real tarot readings other than a little booklet in my tarot deck, you know, I've never learned how to do any specific set of crystal skull reading yet. I've done it and gotten like insanely accurate information. You know, I've I've gotten great feedback from people who have gotten healing from done from me from all the way across the world. I've never I've never spent, you know, that two hundred, three hundred dollars to get certification. And I just think that has to do with once again going back to my generation, to this this generation, the here and now. Well, and I think think that's really true for everybody. It can be true for everybody if they can find their unpolluted intuition because today's not 3,000 years ago. The energy's not the same. Nothing's the same. Well, a lot of things are the same, you might say, but in in many ways, nothing's the same. At least it doesn't have to be. And... I I wonder if... um... You know, Picasso ever had "quote unquote" training? A bunch of training. Um, we know that. And, and I wonder Edison if Michelangelo. Yeah, they threw Thomas Edison out of school um, for for you know all of his life. Tesla was challenged. Hell, constantly. they threw him off the planet. <laughs> they did toss him off him. You know what? We killed Jesus. And I think that if we're going to if we're going to um, evaluate our reception for people's ideals, um, we have to keep in mind that that we put uh, the one man that we call to represent the very basis of love, understanding, acceptance, we put him on a cross. So, Let's consider this this new generation as an opportunity for us to embrace intuition, for us to embrace natural artistic energy and creativity, for us to embrace new energy, for us to embrace growth, expansion, and advancement, 
for us to embrace the letting go of outdated ideals and let us allow them to uplift us and to inspire us and to teach us to stand on the truth of our being and to remind us. us the truth of us and to remind us who we really are. And I think that that is what we need to do, um, not to tell this younger generation how we need to fix the planet, not to ask them how we ought to fix the planet, but to work hand in hand with them, shoulder to shoulder with them, to make our world a better place for all of us. And I think that's what we need to focus on. I mean, I I understand it. How old was Tiny Human? When she brought you the... Oh, my God. She was two and a half. Tiny human. Two and a half. Um, tell, us the, tell us the story again while we're talking about needing training. Okay. So, tiny human. I go in with my medicine bag, which is around my neck and closed um, Native American medicine bag that I carry or that I wear on special occasions. Tiny human points to the bag. <laughs> And doesn't really speak English yet, but I understood what she was saying. So she pointed to the bag, and she kept pointing to the bag, and she kept, you know, bugging me to open the bag. So I opened the bag, and I dumped the bag on the couch, and I said to Tiny Human, who was maybe two and a half, maybe even younger at the time, um, I said, you want something in here? And she was, like, really enthusiastically smiling and nodding, and yes, 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 and um picks a stone out of the bag that I've dumped onto the couch and she takes that stone and I take it from her because it was a very sharp stone. I can't remember what stone it was now, but it was a very sharp rock and she's still very young. And I explained to her that I was going to give it to mom to hold for her because it was very sharp and it was potentially dangerous, tiny human, not having, you know, sure-footedness with the whole walking thing yet. I didn't want her falling and stabbing herself with said stone. So I took the stone from her and I gave it to her mom. And at that point, she started grinning and nodding and clapping. Um, Not yet able to articulate, articulate verbally her enthusiasm and her approval of my action, but very pointedly getting, you know, getting across her enthusiasm and her approval of what I've just done. And we found out that not only, it was just like a couple of days later that we realized that it was the stone that her mother actually needed. <laughs> so yeah. so she felt it inside of a closed bag around your A closed leather neck. bag. She felt an actual that it was in there. She couldn't have seen Native it. Native American medicine bag. It wasn't see-through, right? No, no. It's a closed animal skin. And very particularly people's. Up. The medicine bag. Yes. Didn't just like paw through them all, just wanted that one. No, she went straight to that one stone. She didn't even look at any of the others. It wasn't in consideration in her mind. She wanted that stone. That was the stone that she grabbed immediately. She didn't even... It, and I have to point out that there were stones in there that were a lot more attractive. Yeah. You know, they were shinier, they were prettier, they were, you know, sparklier and all that. Other than this one stone, it was just a flat piece of rock that almost kind of looked like a spearhead um, and and not very pretty to look at. But that's the one that she wanted and she was determined that that 
was the one that she was going to have. And she couldn't tell me that it was for mom, but when I gave it to mom, she made that certainly, clear. <laughs> yeah, she made it clear that she approved of that decision. Absolutely. So, um, tiny human rocks. She is. I can't wait till she. But at the same time, if you, <laughs> if you brought somebody to the house that was sick, and laid a bunch of stones out and told tiny human get it. Get the right stone and give it to her. Tiny human might or might not have anything to do with that. So it's not a case of exploiting, taking advantage of. It's just let it be, people. And yeah, this was something that she felt needed to be done at the time, um, in the moment, that she felt was right and necessary. Um, I would not ever bring somebody to her to be healed um, I think that that would be an insult to what um, being represents as the new energy however I have much appreciation for both the child um, and for the mother that has raised her because the mother um, in question is is pure representation of what motherhood in today's energy should be. Yay. So I'm honored. I'm honored and privileged to call them friend and to to be part of that experience to watch this child grow up. And we're going to have plenty of opportunity to hear from, hear stories about Tiny Human on Wednesday nights. Absolutely. Starting here in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Three weeks, max. Uh, or we're going to drag her down? No. Um, but Mama Webb is going to have her own show, Sacred Weavings with Mama Webb, on Wednesday nights. And uh, so that's going to be fun. We want everybody to... Uh, where's my... I have links. I think I'm going to call in and... Um, and ask questions? And ask questions. I really do because I, I have a... a a vast appreciation for this woman's insight and her intuition. Um, and she is one of the ones... I have I have a short list of people that I trust and that I respect enough to go to in times of need for advice and guidance. And she is one of one of those few that I, I, I you know, trust my soul and my spirit to. So... And if it, Tiny it Human might, runs up and jumps in her lap and insists on saying something, she'll let her say it, too. Absolutely, and that's okay. We're going to encourage that. Well, it's that, that's what I say. You've got to allow it. You don't demand it. You don't exploit it. You don't try to train it. You just enjoy it when it happens. Love it when it happens. Absolutely. Anyway, um, you lost us on the phone, Jason? Are you there? Oh, Jason's phone cut out. It well, happens. we are getting to that time of day. Absolutely. Um, Spirit says the show's over, so therefore we have to obey. <laughs> well, um... You've talked enough, young people. We're going to shut you down. The, um... Uh, uh, hold on one second. Maybe we can go over time with folks just a minute. Um... Hmm. What are we going on over time with regards to? I can uh, our guest. Okay. The government turned the lights on. 
No way. So, well, I mean, the, the blackout's over. Okay. So, uh, give me just a second to figure it out. And uh, yeah, just so we could let everybody have just a moment, you know, if you can hang with us for a few extra minutes tonight, uh, just a moment to hear from uh, Santosh, and we can get his links up there. Um, he hasn't answered me. Okay, well, you know what? We can't... We okay, can't. so we're we're right at the end of the show time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will do our best to try to uh, find a way that we can get Santosh with us, but we will have links up to Peace for People on the uh, on the archive of tonight's show. Uh, uh, let's see. We have more people coming. Yeah? We have, of course, I have Mama Webb's uh, link up there in the chat room. Feel free to run by there that website and ask a question. That'll get us on quicker even. Absolutely. Um, next Tuesday we have Dana Merkich with us again uh from Australia. And then on Thursday we have uh one of our dear longtime friends and sisters, Eris Lynn Jaden, who's gonna be here. So. Absolutely. I'm really excited about Eris's show. Um it's gonna be a, her first appearance on Everyday Connection and um I am Absolutely stoked about her coming to join us. Um, She is, like a lot of our guests, very young. However, her intuition, her insight, and her ability to connect to higher guidance and wisdom is almost unparalleled to many of the people that I've spoken to. It is, again, an honor and a privilege to call her friend and an honor and privilege to have her on the show, and I encourage people to call in. Um, Dana Merkich, awesome author. I'm reading her book right now, and I'm going to tell you I'm enjoying it, and I'm loving it, and I'm embracing it. it. It represents to me everything that is... Um that is our new energy and uh it, it I, I mean it just speaks to the spirit on so many different levels it's so honest it contains so much truth and i definitely definitely recommend picking up um dana's book so and joining us next week uh to speak to her because talented author and very very insightful individual Yes, absolutely. So we're going to have a big week next week. Everybody have a fantastic, relaxing weekend. Um, If the solar flares come, just sunbathe. It's good. (laughs) And um, until then. Stay connected. (laughs) Busted. (laughs) Night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.
you to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.